When I was in college, I went to a school in North Carolina, and one day I walked into an elementary school classroom because I was student teaching, and it was one of my first days there. It was a kindergarten through eighth grade school, and as I got into the school, I noticed uh, a couple, or a couple things were, were noticed. Um, one, uh, I noticed that the students were intrigued that I was there. The school only had two males in it, the principal and the gym teacher. Everybody else was female. So for me, or for, for other people rather, uh, they were, the other students were intrigued that all of a sudden there was a male teacher in the school. And the other thing they noticed is that I was really tall. I'm almost six foot six, so to them, um, that was a giant in the midst of a little elementary school on top of a mountain. One day I was there and two fifth grade students were walking down the hallway and they asked me a question, which a lot of tall people get, you know, how tall are you and do you play basketball? Well, I thought I'd have a little fun with them, so I told them, yes, I do play basketball. In fact, um, I'm a professional basketball player, and I play for the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. To that, the, the students um, looked at each other, and I kind of walked away, and as they were walking away, I heard one student telling the other, I told you that he was a professional basketball player. I knew that he was. So a few hours later went by, and a few hours later, uh, I was in the copy room, and one of the fifth grade teachers came up to me and said, excuse me, are you Mr. Macklin? I said, yes, I am. How are you doing? She said, I'm fine. Um, I think I, you need to come in my classroom for a minute. So as I walked into the classroom, I noticed something. And what I noticed was 30 fifth grade students cheering hooting and hollering for me with, their with a piece of paper and a pen in hand wanting Mr. Macklin's autograph because a professional basket player, basketball player had walked into their school. Now, I was in a little tiff. I didn't know what to do. I said, well, I just need to be honest with you guys. Um, that was a little fib. I'm really not a professional basketball player. I'm just a, a student at the university down the road. Oh, one of them said. Well, do you play basketball for the university? I said, well, no. But I do play intramural basketball for fun with some other students. Another student said, well, did you play in high school? Oh, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. I didn't tell them I sat the bench and only played one year, but I said, yes, I did. Oh, they said, well, did you have a number? I said, yeah, it was number 52. And then they all decided, well, we still want you to sign our paper, and we still want you to sign it, Jake Macklin, number 52. So I walked around every student's classroom, and I wrote, Jake Macklin, number 52. I gave him my autograph. Some of them put it in the front of their folder. They didn't care if I had told them a fib or not. After school, I was walking, and I heard one of the uh, students point out me to their parents and say, look, that's him. That's Mr. Macklin. I got his autograph right here. 
The truth of the matter is this, is that I wasn't who I said I was. Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? This is the key question in the New Testament this morning. Is Jesus who he says he is? Is he disrespecting God and claiming such a feat? After Jesus prayed in the garden with his disciples falling asleep on him, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, betrays Jesus with a kiss. Jesus is then seized and arrested, and the disciples eventually desert him and flee. Scripture tells us that Jesus was taken to the house of the high priest. The high priest oversaw the other priests in the highest, it was the highest religious office in Judaism. They oversaw worship, they collected taxes, they performed administrative functions, and in Jesus' day, the high priest was Caiaphas. The Gospel of Mark doesn't name him, but Matthew and John do name him, so that's how we know it's Caiaphas. So here they are at Caiaphas's house, a late-night meeting, and present were the chief priests in the whole Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin was the Jewish high court. It usually was made up of about 70 people that were priests, elders, and scribes, and chances are this late at night, they didn't have all the Sanhedrin, but at least had the minimum amount that was present to hold the meeting. And what they were doing at this meeting was looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. Many of the Sanhedrin said untrue things about Jesus, and no one's testimony matched. Jesus, knowing when to speak and when not to speak, chose to remain silent through all of this. Caiaphas, being rather impatient, frankly asked Jesus if he was going to speak, but Jesus chooses to remain silent. Not too long ago, I was uh, in a parking lot in my car when a woman approached the driver's side door and put her hand on uh, the car door handle and was about to open it until she realized that I was sitting in it. She took a step back and looked at the car and kind of waved and said, oh, I'm so sorry, I thought this was my car. I said, no problem, and I watched her walk off, and then she went to her car. Well, when she got to her car, she put her hand on that doorknob too and realized, this isn't my car either. This woman was 0 for 2 in identifying where her car was. She kind of put her hands up in the air and thought, oh my gosh. I guess you could say it just wasn't her day. Have you been there before? Where, you, where it's just not your day? Well, it's not Peter's day either. He's not having a good night. He fell asleep on Jesus in the garden. He chopped off the right ear of the high priest's servant when Jesus was arrested, to which Jesus told Peter to put the sword away, and then Jesus healed the ear of the high priest's servant. And now, before he denies Jesus in the presence of others, Scripture tells us that he follows Jesus at a distance to the house of Caiaphas. In fact, he hangs out in the courtyard and warms himself by a fire. Sure, he was fearful. I get it. But there may have been a spiritual, there may be, rather, a spiritual lesson for us in this today. There's a difference in following something up close rather than at a distance. The vantage point is a lot different when you're up close and personal versus being at a distance. Recently, my family purchased three small baby ducks. And these ducks are so cute 
and my three-year-old daughter thinks so too. This past week, we were in the backyard, and we let the ducks run around with us, and they were walking around, the three of them together, and my daughter was trying to follow them so she could catch one and pet it. Well, I captured this beautiful picture. It was a beautiful day. And I captured this great picture of her right on the heels of these ducks, reaching down for them. And you know what happened? I realized in that moment, this is a picture of what discipleship looks like. So what I want to share with you this morning is this. The closer we follow Jesus, the more we grow as disciples. Let me say that again. The closer we follow Jesus, the more we grow as disciples. The goal of the Christian life is to grow by God's grace into someone who looks more like Jesus each and every day. In order to look like Jesus and to love people like he did, we have to follow him up close and personal. When I follow Jesus, I want to be someone who doesn't follow Jesus way off in the distance, but I want to be someone who follows Jesus up close and personal. I don't always get that right, but that's what I want to strive for. And when we follow Jesus, are we following Jesus up close so that the dust from his sandals are attaching to our clothing? Or do we follow way off in the distance like Peter did before he denied him? I'll admit that sometimes when we start to follow Jesus, we may follow at a distance. We may have questions. We may have our reasons. But if we are seasoned followers of Jesus, of course we still have questions. Of course we still have moments where we mess up. But if we are seasoned followers of Jesus, we must seek to follow directly behind him, even when we don't feel like it. So that we're not just kind of following his teachings, but that we are actually following the teachings of Jesus. Jesus' life and ministry and teachings were so important that he was willing to admit who he was, knowing that it was going to cost him his life. And Caiaphas eventually asks the question to Jesus straight up, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? This time, Jesus did not remain silent. The first two words Jesus replies with are the same two words that Moses received when he wondered, who should I say, God, sent me into Egypt to rescue these Israelites from slavery? Who should I say sent me? And God says, tell them I am sent you. And isn't it interesting that the first two words that Jesus replies with to the question, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one, Jesus replies to Caiaphas' question by saying, I am. Those two small words carry a ton of weight. Jesus says that he is the Messiah, the son of God. And at this, the high priest had seen enough. He tore the clothes of Jesus. He felt like he didn't need any more testimony than this. And they condemned him worthy of death. Some of the religious leaders began to spit at him. They blindfolded him. They punched him with their balled up fists. And then the guards took him and beat him, all because Jesus spoke truth about who he was. Now our response to Jesus, not only speaking truth, 
But being the way, the truth, and the life is to follow him closely and not at a distance. Jesus is who he said he was, and following him in our daily life requires faith. When we follow the teachings of Jesus and do what he says, we are following him closely in this world. As Christians, we are not disciples to anything else except Jesus Christ alone. That's the mission of our church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be someone who closely follows Jesus Christ. In this season of Lent, how do we feel we are doing at following Jesus? How are we doing at being like Christ in all aspects of our lives, not just some? Now, I'll admit, it's sometimes easier to feel God's presence and to be like Jesus at church than it is out in the world. You know, it's hard to be like Jesus when we're being wrong. It's hard to be like Jesus when we are beeping the horn to let the person in front of us, the light is green, please get off your phone so we can go. It's hard to be like Jesus when we see someone using a handicapped spot out of convenience rather than necessity. It's hard to be like Jesus when we're mad at something or someone. It's hard to be like Jesus when we haven't had a good night's sleep in over a week. It's hard to be like Jesus sometimes. It's hard to be like Jesus a lot of the time. But by God's grace, we can do this. We can be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We can be people who don't always get it right, but yet strive anyway to follow Jesus closely everywhere we go. Recently, I was driving down the road and I came out to a traffic light and I saw a bumper sticker on the back of someone's car. So being curious and... That's why people put bumper stickers there for people to read them. So I pulled up a little closer and closer and closer until I could read what this bumper sticker said. And this bumper sticker said the following. Do you follow Jesus this close? Now chances are that was not an evangelistic bumper sticker. Although I'm sure it could have been. But it was a bumper sticker that basically was saying... I don't like being tailgated, so please stop following me so close. But the bumper sticker says, do you follow Jesus this close? Well, do you? Do you follow Jesus this close? Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one, the high priest said to Jesus? For us today, the question is, is Jesus the Messiah to you? Is he the Son of God to you? I hope and pray that your answer to that question is this. He is. Show it to be true by the way that you live and by the way that you love and may the dust from Jesus' footsteps cover you each and every day. Amen.